Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 106 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here alongside Cody Jansen on the Friday edition of Oilers Now. It is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Still to come today, you'll hear from the voice of the Edmonton Oilers on Sportsnet's regional broadcast, as well as some work here on 630 Chad. Jack Michaels checks in. And right now, we're going to hear from our friend from Seattle, Andy Ide, writer for NHL.com. He is, uh, well, he's, I, I chatted with him on Inside Sports a couple nights ago. We don't have him live. We won't ever try and fool you with that. But uh, we will hear that conversation in a few moments. But uh, still have your thoughts trickling in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We're also on Twitter at Oilers Now. Bob is at Bob underscore Stoffer. Myself at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with an E, not an A. And Cody is at Janner31 underscore. Not a lot of people giving the Coyotes uh, a lot of credit for the business operation there. Uh, <laughs> simply put, it's been a tough, it's been a tough ride throughout different times of the Coyotes franchise. Uh, former defenseman Mark saying the Coyotes have hung the city of Glendale out to dry. They've stuck the taxpayers with the bill on multiple occasions. Why would they capitulate? Why would any other municipality within Phoenix give them money for a new arena? The Arizona Coyotes are not a gamble to make money. They're a certainty to lose money. That's coming from former defenseman Mark. Well, you wonder how things would have shaken down, Cody, if the Seattle Kraken hadn't bought in as the NHL's 32nd franchise. Would Seattle have been maybe a likely or even an easy candidate to move the team from Arizona to the Pacific Northwest? I'm not sure. It's all speculatory and academic at this point because the Kraken are very much a thing. And to hear more about the Seattle Kraken... We always lean on our guy, Andy Ide, formerly of ESPN Radio, now doing uh, specific beat reporting work for the Kraken on NHL.com. Had him on Inside Sports on Wednesday night. Here's how it sounded. Let's phone up our friend, Andy Ide, down in Seattle. 
and let's find out what's going on this summer since the NHL expansion draft. We talked to Andy a couple of times uh, prior to this summer, just teeing things up from the franchise's perspective. And now, Andy, we actually get to talk about tangible things we can pick at and scrutinize. And uh, I welcome you to the show to do just that. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to chat hockey, and you're right. We, we actually have real players to talk about now. It's not a theory anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you about the expansion draft itself. Uh, a lot of people wondering why it looked so different when Ron Francis executed it versus uh, George McPhee and how it was done in Vegas. I'm obviously laying that out right away because this is the recency example, but two very different, I, I think, fantasy, or, or I'm going to keep screwing that up, expansion drafts not fantasy drafts in, in terms of what was available in terms of managers having more experience and knowing what assets and how to manage them and that sort of thing but let's get your thoughts Andy on on the roster composition of the Seattle Kraken now that we know yeah, I think there were uh, a couple major differences between what Seattle did and what with what Vegas did, and you know, mainly the main thing was was the the draft picks that Vegas was able to acquire during their expansion draft. You know, a team didn't want to wanted big contracts off their their pay, their payroll, and they were willing to give up you know pretty high draft picks. I think Vegas ended up getting two first rounders out of that that draft, and Seattle got nothing basically out of their draft. So that, that's the main difference, and. You know, Vegas also then used those two first those first rounders to get guys like Mark Stone and Patch Reddy and turn into the Vegas that we know today. Um, but if you look back at the the actual players that they ended up with that they drafted, it's not that far off. In fact, you know the numbers are very comparable. The year before they they came to Vegas as the guys that Seattle got. So uh, I think people remember those draft picks and what they turned into. Seattle didn't get any of those draft picks. What they did get was cap flexibility. Um, they set themselves up in a pretty good situation uh, with the salary cap, which I think they'll continue to exploit here over the next couple seasons. Let's talk about the strengths and weaknesses that you see on this roster. I look in the defense and the signings they were able to make with Jamie Alexiak, of course, prying Adam Larson out of Edmonton, using the expansion pick on him. It looks like an NHL-ready defense core. To me, that's a strength, but uh, I'd like to get your thoughts and maybe where they could stand to improve. Yeah, the defense is definitely a strength. Defense and goaltending, I'd add that grabbing. You know, they, they shocked everybody by by getting Phil Grubauer in free agency. We didn't see that coming. Um, so they, they have a pretty good tandem in, in Grubauer and Chris Rieger that they got from Florida, who was also a UFA. Uh, but they also have Mark Giordano on that defense, too. The defense, uh, especially the top, the top four, is going to be very, very stout, uh, very experienced. Uh, you know, I think that definitely is a strength of the team. I think they're going to be hard to play with. You look at the forward group, they have they've got some – a lot of similarity in their wingers. There are a lot of, a lot of two-way guys, a lot of guys who, you know, maybe right around that 20-25 goal scoring mark. Uh, not not any kind of big-time scorer. But where the, where the real, I think, kind of hole is, is is down the middle and center. They don't really have an, an elite center. They don't really – they're kind of a little bit weak there. They're hoping Yanni Gore can come back healthy. He's going to miss the, two months, the first two months of the season with a, a shoulder uh, surgery he had after the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, so you're looking at Alex Wenberg. Uh, from the Florida Panthers, who's probably going to start the year as a top center. And I, that, that's the big question mark there. He had a, a breakout year last year where he scored 17 goals for Florida, but he also shot 20%, which is way above his career high and in his career average. I think he's a 90% shooter normally. And so I don't know that you can count on that again, uh, but he might be a, a, 
he's a two-way center, so he might you know fit in between some better players, some better wingers. So it's going to be interesting to see who ends up down the middle. And I think that that right now is the glaring weakness. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of redundancy in their center group. Chatting with Andy Eide from NHL.com about the Seattle Kraken, who it looks like would benefit from a couple of guys obviously taking that next step the same way that we saw with, for example, a Riley Smith and uh, maybe a, a William uh, William Carlson in Vegas. And these were guys who weren't necessarily stars in their own team, of course. And then when they moved into a better opportunity, they took off somewhat. Is there anybody that fits that bill? Maybe one of these younger players. I look at an Appleton. I look at a Jared McCann that have been in the league for a little bit who could be ready to pop with the right opportunity. Yeah, I think they're hoping for something like that. You know, some of the, some of their guys in the maybe the middle of the bottom six are a little bit on the younger side, as you mentioned, uh, and so maybe an elevated role or, or you know more more ice time is going to help. And Appleton definitely is one that I would look at. You know, he, he had a pretty good year last year with Winnipeg, and you know now he's going to be older. He's probably going to get better ice time. He may even get a look at center. He can play center and and on the wing. He did a little bit of both last year with uh, Winnipeg. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jerry McCann is another guy. And then one that I that I've been kind of that I'm kind of rooting for, just because he has some local ties here, is uh, Morgan Geeky, who they got from the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, that guy, when he was at the Tri City Americans in the Western League, was a big time scorer. He scored pretty well in the AHL the two full seasons he had, and he just you know he he last year he got called up to the to the NHL and he played on a very talented Hurricanes team. He's got a lot of good forwards, so he only got about nine minutes a night, and you know he's got, he's a very good shooter. And I just think his track record of being an offensive player, you give him 15 minutes a night, how much better is he going to be? So that's a guy that I kind of am circling as maybe if he gets to be a third-line center, he might be able to put up some bigger numbers and be a surprise. And this is the second time that Ron Francis drafted him because he was originally a draft pick of Francis as when he was the Hurricane general manager. So there's some familiarity there. Yeah, and I was going to say the same about Jake Bean and them choosing, in fact, to pass on the former lottery pick, the former Calgary Hitman defenseman, and and go with Morgan Geeky. So there's got to be something about this player's, you know, character or maybe something that doesn't leap out quite yet that Ron Francis figures could materialize as we chat Seattle Kraken hockey with Andy Ide here. So, you know, expectations of this team, I don't really know that we can have any at this point other than to say the Pacific will definitely be a division in which you shouldn't be the worst team necessarily if you go out and and you know grind each and every night there's some teams in rebuild right now I think that based on the defense we've described Seattle might be in a position where it shouldn't be the struggle of the expansion franchise that we maybe saw back in the 90s if you will yeah I I would agree with that you know there there are still some some maybe newer fans here who saw what Vegas did and think well that's the benchmark and, and I think that's very unrealistic. You know, I, I think what Vegas did was once in a lifetime kind of thing. I think if they played that season ten times over, that that one, that only that one would be would they be that successful? But you're right. You look at the Pacific Division; it's not the strongest division. You know, it's, it's kind of Vegas and everybody else. I, I might put Edmonton up there, you know, maybe second or third. Um, but I think Seattle can compete in that division. And I think, to me, if they, my only expectations would be that if they're competing for a playoff spot at the end of the season, if they've had a successful first season. I'm not expecting them to go make a run 
uh, or even make the playoffs necessarily. But as long as they're in it, they're playing important games late in the regular season. I think that'll have been a successful season that they can build off of. Is there any fear? I know you covered the the Western Hockey League down there, something we're very mm-hmm. familiar with in the Edmonton market. The Seattle Thunderbirds, as I understand, do great as a hockey market down there. But are you worried? And has there been any talk? Or what can you tell us, I guess, about whether there's any encroachment on, say, even such as like the, the advertising, the sponsorship deals, that it may be more appealing for a company to take the NHL route moving forward than it would have been mm-hmm. in past with the Thunderbirds, for example? Yeah, you know, is that something that comes up a lot and people ask about that a lot and if it's going to hurt them? The Kraken, for, you know, they'll tell you that they want to be a partner, they, that if they do their job right, that the, the, the profile of hockey in this market will only rise and that will help uh, Seattle and the Ever Silvertips, who are also in the region. You know, I think they've got a couple things going for them, those two teams. The tickets are obviously a lot cheaper. You know, you can, you can for, for just like a couple pair of tickets to the Kraken, you can probably come close to buying season tickets for one of the WHL teams. And, uh, you know, just everything's a little cheaper. Concessions are going to be cheaper. And so as far as sponsorship, that, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because they do have, the Thunderbirds do have some big sponsors, but you might also see them look at some maybe smaller smaller sponsors that, that won't have to pay as much and, and they can survive that way. You know, I think the hope, the hope is that it does kind of draw more interest into hockey and people, there's still a lot of people here who don't really understand what the Western Hockey League is. They, they, hear, they hear the term junior hockey and think that you're talking about, you know, little kids, yeah. you know, 12-year-old kids or something like that. Uh, it's kind of poor, poor marketing, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think they realize that these are guys. You, you go to any WHL game and you're seeing a guy who's going to be in the NHL in the next year or two, right? It's, it's like going to a major major college football team, like going to the University of Washington Huskies. You're seeing guys that are at that level. And I think the more education that happens, more people will realize that, hey, this is actually pretty good hockey that we can see, we can take our family to and see live hockey at a much, much cheaper rate. I mean, initially there may be some, they, they may see a downturn, you know, the first month or two of the season when there's all this cracking hype. But I think in the long run, I think both both Everett and Seattle will do will do pretty well in the WHL here. And I'll ask you conversely for the Kraken to now try and be competing with oh I don't know the Seattle Seahawks as training mm-hmm. camp is well underway in the NFL as well. And this is the first time where again there's actually been a tangible team here where you know you're ready to drop the puck on the season. How has the marketplace been in terms of interest in this team still? While I imagine that the NFL and probably even MLB obviously still dominating interest there. Yeah, we actually have a Mariner team we're talking about, which is the first time in probably two decades. But uh, so that, that that's helped them. You know, it's interesting. The, the season is pretty much sold out for the Kraken. You can't you can't get a ticket unless you go to the resale market. And the prices for those resale tickets are are unbelievably high, are astronomical. There's people getting you know almost two thousand dollars a game, or at least asking for that. So the supply and demand appears to be there. I mean, people are making money on their resales. And they sold everything out. Uh, you, you walk around town, you start, you see cracking stuff mixed in with the Mariners and the Seahawks gear, uh, people wearing. So, yeah. And if you, I don't know if you guys watched the, the expansion draft. Even with most of people knowing what the picks were going to be, uh, that that place was packed. Uh, there was a lot of excitement there. I mean, Lake Lake Union was. You could probably walk across Lake Union with all the boats and paddleboarders that were out there just to, just to be part of it. I think that that went a long way to show that there is there's a lot of excitement even with those other major sports. I think there's been, there's been an underground hockey market here, and I think they're just now we're just now kind of seeing them surface. Chatting with Andy Ido to Seattle about the Kraken. No local guys directly on the team. Yeah, you mentioned Geeky uh, having played in Tri City, but you're looking instead at guys who have been around the league quite a while and in the West, like Mark Giordano, Jordan Eberle, probably yeah. going to make up the leadership core of this team. 
team, but are these the guys that are being marketed as, as the players of the Kraken down there? Yeah, so far, I should say there is one former Seattle Thunderbird, Alexander True, who got selected from San Jose. Now, he's a borderline guy. He most likely will start in the AHL, but there is that one local connection, so he'll be in training camp and preseason and all that good stuff. Uh, but, yeah, Giordano, I think Grubauer will probably be one of those guys. Uh, you look at guys like Eberle, you know, some of those veteran guys that are here now, Jaden Schwartz. I think those are the kind of guys that will become the first real face of the franchise. Uh, and then they're just going to have to see how it plays out. You know, I, I don't know. Vegas didn't, famously hadn't had a captain until this year, right? So it took them three or four years. We'll see if his Haxall goes right away with a captain. I asked him that when they hired him, and he says, you know, maybe it just depends on what kind of natural leadership group emerges. So uh, obviously Giordano is a is, you know, well, well-respected well leader of the past. He won the Mark Messier War. He was Calgary's captain. So I, if I had to bet right now, I would say, yeah, he'd probably be the face and the leader. But I think some of that's just going to have to play out. One more for you here, or maybe two, maybe two. Let me ask you, I know you've been sort of working away at getting to know some of these guys, uh, some work mm-hmm. with the prospects and, and the, the Flurry brothers and that sort of thing. <laughs> Matt, Matt Beneers, the second overall pick, is, yeah. he, is he being talked about or viewed as, as maybe the first franchise? player there for the Kraken? I think that's what they were hoping he becomes. Right? I think they hope he becomes that elite center that every team's looking for. Um, we may have to wait a little bit for that because everything seems to be pointing out that he's going to go back to Michigan for one more year, at least Please spend the year there, maybe sign with Seattle at the end of the season. Uh, you know, and, and they, the, the clock's ticking on that because Michigan players have to uh, report on August 23rd. So we'll know here in a couple of weeks what his intentions probably are. Um, it, it's I think some of the fans here are still learning how the NHL draft works because in the NFL, you get drafted, you come, you come join the team at training camp. And yeah. if Beneers wants to go back, he's not going to be in training camp. So we, we may not even see him until March or April or whenever Michigan season ends. Um, so I, I think they, they hope the ceiling on him is obviously pretty high. I think they would like him to turn out to be that number one elite center that, they, that the, you know, some of the scouts say he can be. Um, but right now, I think he's still a little bit of unknown amongst like the, the general fans because you know, he, he may not be in training camp, and we probably won't see him this year. So, Well, eventually they'll be able to buy a jersey with his name on the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll ask you this to wrap up, Andy. As far as, as personalities or characters or, or backgrounders that you've learned from some of these guys who have come into Seattle, is there anything that's really stood out to you so far from, from a human interest standpoint kind of a thing? Well, at the expansion draft, Hanif was was pretty hilarious, as you can imagine. Um, he was he was kind of a character. The, the two Flurry brothers are pretty good. They've got a nice, healthy Flurry rival or Flurry family rivalry going. Uh, you know, Hayden said that when they were kids, that, that Kale, the younger of the two, you know, most both times they were out in the backyard rink, Kale would come off in tears, and, and so you have a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, they they found out there. Uh, Hayden found out first that he was being drafted. He was actually on the on the way to the airport to come to Seattle and Kale got the call from Montreal and so he FaceTimed him and said hey I'm, I'm joining you and then wow. they called their parents together that's a pretty cool story uh, that they ended up they've never really played to get with each other since they were since they were like you know mice or something but uh, it, it was pretty funny pretty funny to talk we talked to Kale recently and it's, they're pretty funny guys well Andy I wish you uh, you know all the best time in the world as this continues to materialize only 56 days I believe or probably 55 yeah. for you I think before puck drop on the real deal <laughs> It's been a long road. I can only imagine for you, eh? Uh, thank you for taking time on this Wednesday evening. Uh, we'll definitely bring you back on the station sometime soon, okay? All right. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a good night.
Once again, that's Andy Eide from NHL.com. He's the Seattle Kraken beat reporter. Had him on Inside Sports when I was uh, guest hosting that show earlier this week. 123 in Edmonton. We'll come back with your Oilers Now Audio Vault and some texts from you. 780-496-0063. No injury report today. You got a little bit of an update from uh, Dave McCarthy on Austin Matthews' wrist, but that's all we've really heard about this week. The Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you in season by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. All right, I promised you some Audio Vault content. How good was Alex Stalock on yesterday's show? My first opportunity chatting with the Oilers netminder. He's been part of the Beauty League, Da Beauty League, as they call it out in Minnesota. The um, well, I can't. I gotta put a little more respect on it than just the Beer League because it is very much not that. As we had the pleasure of. Of learning from Staylock over the course of that interview, you can find it anywhere you get your podcast. But Staylock also talked about pushing for playing time next season as we dip into this direct work where. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Audio Vault. Direct Workwear is where safety meets savings here in Edmonton, in Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. I mean, that's a goal every year, right? You want to play as many games as you can and, and win as many games as you can as a goalie. Uh, throw everything out. At the end of the day, you look up at the scoreboard, you win or you lose. And, uh, you know, to come in and just, I just want to be ready and, uh, you know, make a, make a hard decision on them, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, obviously your goal is to play in the NHL. And uh, that's my goal every year is, you know, to have a better year than the last. And like you said, obviously the last full season was, well, the 19th season for me and obviously that's kind of tough having uh, you know you missed whatever we played 56 games or whatever it may be last year and um you know, i'm just looking forward to getting back you know love playing hockey is what i love to do and um getting a chance and obviously it's a great team in front of you so it's uh, it's a great opportunity had a great run with Minnesota there to wrap the 2019-2020 season, Cody. He was 20-11-4 and and was a breath of fresh air for that team, certainly, and then spent all of last year on the shelf with uh, myocarditis, which is an inflamed heart as a result of COVID-19. He had some struggles getting back to full health, and so didn't really get the challenge, you know, the, the net-minding duo in Edmonton, and that might change in training camp. He has had some flashes where, especially in Minnesota there for a bit, he looked like, hey, is this a real starter in the NHL? He's put he's strung together some good stretches as well. And you've got to consider that the roster construct may be different in this season. We don't know whether rosters will be expanded from 23 to even 25. And if that is the case, well, you're probably best served by having a third goalie on the roster in case something does happen COVID-wise or injury-wise throughout the season. It's not as if any of these Smith or Koskinen or, or Stalock are young and spry. I think it's inevitable you're going to have to have three goalies this season. It's not like COVID's going anywhere. Still around, unfortunately. Yeah, so Stalock, uh, again, a great interview. you, you got to check it out. He talks all about the Beauty League and, and just stories about... They're still 
kids at heart and they're still playing it for the love of the game and it's so awesome when you get to hear the details about what that looks like when they're in the dressing room in Minnesota about to walk on the ice for a beauty league matchup that kind of thing you see the highlights all over the the summertime Instagram channels and you hear the mic'd up commentary and it's it's hilarious but listening to one of the participants talk about you know just what it has grown into because don't forget Stalock is uh, he's from St. Paul so this is his stomping grounds where all this takes place every summer great stuff can't wait to see him in camp jack michaels a familiar face and even more familiar voice to your 630 chat airwaves is coming up after a global news weather traffic update with eileen bell oilers now with bob stoffer weekdays at noon on oilers radio 630 chad